1: Final hour of the program on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Still to come, we'll look closer at the Colts roster decisions. Have a conversation with Derek Schultz, getting his perspective on the Pacers draft and where Anthony Richardson development should really be focused in year one. Brennan King will give us an update on the South Bend Cubs as well, but so many scores to get to. A Reds win streak was on the line today. There was baseball in London, and the U.S. men's national team is in action. Who has it all? It's the star of the show. Network Indiana's Sam Fritz.
0: All right. Yes, I've got baseball scores. Let's Do a complete rundown of Major League Baseball today. The London series was in action. The Chicago Cubs won that game today. The Chicago Cubs were winning, I'm sorry the Chicago Cubs won by a score of 9 to 1 over the St. Louis Cardinals. The San Francisco Giants defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 7 to 6 earlier. The Baltimore Orioles beat the Seattle Mariners 6 to 4. The New York Yankees defeated the Texas Rangers 1 to nothing. The New York Mets were victorious in Philadelphia over the Phillies 4 to 2. The Toronto Blue Jays beat the Oakland Athletics 7 to 3. The Cleveland Guardians beat the Milwaukee Brewers 4-2. The Cincinnati Reds' winning streak came to an unfortunate close against the Atlanta Braves today. They drop just short of 13 games in a row, 7-6. The Braves taking a game at the Great American Ballpark. The Kansas City Royals beat the Tampa Bay Rays nine to four. The Chicago White Sox beat the Boston Red Sox five to four. The Miami Marlins were victorious in a close one over the Pittsburgh Pirates four to three. Games that just recently wrapped up. The Detroit Tigers beat the Minnesota Twins three to two. The Dodgers win off a bulk against the Houston Astros, 8-7. The Nationals and Padres have not moved since the third inning. Nationals still up 2 to nothing. That game is still in action. The eighth just wrapping up. And I'm surprised, folks. It's an inning where the Angels haven't scored yet. Top of the fifth, Los Angeles Angels up over the Colorado Rockies, 23-0. Real quick, we're going to talk history. You're looking at six I'm sorry you're looking at three more runs which will move the Angels into 15th place a tie with multiple other teams for most runs scored by a team in a single game. 26 is the magic numbers is the magic number for the Angels to start making history tonight. Talking college baseball, the LSU Tigers finally wrapped it up against the Florida Gators, game 1 of the men's college world series is in the books and the Tigers won 4 to 3 in the 11th. It was a home run that set things in motion for the Tigers on their route to a College World Series. The CONCACAF Cup is in action, that being the Confederation of North, Central America, and Caribbean Association Football. Round one is on the field at Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois. It's just reached halftime, and Jamaica still holds a 1-0 lead with another 45 minutes to play. Elsewhere in soccer in the United States, Major League Soccer teams in action. Austin FC is up 3-0 3 nothing against the Houston Dynamo in their 56th minute. The Colorado Rapids and LA Galaxy remain tied nil-nil in 63 minutes played. Real Salt Lake is trailing Minnesota United in 64 minutes played. The United are leading 2-0. The Vancouver Whitecaps up in Canada are up over LAFC in the 23rd minute. Two goals to nothing in that one. Portland Timbers and New York City FC still in the early stages of their game. 23 minutes played, tied 0-0. Speaking of early stages, the exact same time, 23 minutes played, San Jose Earthquakes and St. Louis City SC tied 0-0 in that game as well. Some full-time scores. The Columbus Crew beat Nashville SC 2-0 earlier today. D.C. United was victorious over FC Cincinnati 3-0. The New England Revolution beat Toronto FC 2-1. And the New York Red Bulls beat Atlanta United 4-0. If you follow USFL football, it is a close one in the North Division Championship game. The Michigan Panthers are up over the Pittsburgh Maulers right now, 24-20, with two minutes left to play. Winner of this game will move on to the USFL Championship, where either the New Orleans Breakers or the Birmingham Stallions await. You'll see me again in another 15 minutes for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Sam Fritz.
1: Back here for Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, Jimmy Cook... In the big chair, back-to-back nights for the coach, Bob Lovell. You can follow me on Twitter, at the Cook. Special thank you to Nathaniel Finch behind the ones and twos, and Sam Fritz coming at you every 15 minutes with scoreboard updates on IST. We'll go back to our conversation regarding the Colts. We already mentioned with the impending decision on Jonathan Taylor and what type of decision-making in terms of who's first in line is at stake for the Colts when you look at two offensive weapons in Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor, both entering contract years. We've seen it time and time again in today's NFL. The players on offense that earn high-dollar contracts after you get done with quarterback – Our pass catchers. It's the name of the game in today's NFL. So often you're able to find a running back that might not be quite the pedigree of a Derrick Henry or a Jonathan Taylor, but you can find guys that fill clear-cut roles on your path to a Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles like to do a little bit of thunder and lightning out there. The Kansas City Chiefs frequently rotate in running backs. There's never a true workhorse back, at least in this era of their championship window. And so often that gets lost when you're a team like the Colts, like the Chargers, even though Austin Eckler, again, was a back that is able to do it both as a pass catcher and as a running back. But like the Titans with Derrick Henry, the Vikings with Dalvin Cook, you've seen them learn their lesson. The Panthers learned their lesson similarly with Christian McCaffrey. They felt like they had to pay McCaffrey because he was the face of the franchise. He was a ticket seller, and he was a darn good player. John Taylor fits in that same boat. But it's different in that if the Colts are right on Anthony Richardson, they're not going to view Jonathan Taylor as their solo face of the franchise like the Panthers did for Christian McCaffrey. Of course, there was a little bit of crossover there with Cam Newton, but by the time Christian McCaffrey got his big payday and was enjoying those riches, it was Christian McCaffrey's show out there in Carolina. And whenever you're saying in today's NFL that – insert running back's name here, runs the show for our team, more often than not, it's not going to end with another sentence that says, and we won the Super Bowl. Just does not happen in today's NFL. That being said, I get the argument for having Jonathan Taylor being a complimentary piece to the development of Anthony Richardson. We know from his standpoint There's a lack of starts, there's a lack of reps, there's a lack of pass completion percentage that is palatable in today's NFL. But he's also incredibly raw. He was just, he just turned 21 a couple of weeks ago. He is still very much in his infancy as a quarterback. And even though Josh Allen of Buffalo is the exception to the rule, We have seen quarterbacks, once they're in the proper system, be able to fix mechanics in their passing game to where perhaps they were poor passers in terms of completion percentage before, but they're able to find their footing properly, get everything down, change their Opportunities as as a guy under center so that they're not, you know, throwing off platform or having their footwork out of order or having to bail out on pockets and throw on the run in such a way that is going to have their numbers drop from an accuracy standpoint. You're wanting it to be a quarterback that trusts his offensive line, that trusts his mechanics, and that is able to lead this Colts team back to where they were. Just a few years ago, we say a few years ago now, I guess at this point, it's four seasons. But all of this talk of the Colts being still a championship team post Andrew Luck was an organization in an identity crisis telling itself we still have a high level roster. There's no reason that we need to tank or rip it down to the studs. We can continue to try to tread water and eventually with one of these veteran band-aids we will be good. The narration is, it was not good. Did not end that way for the Indianapolis Colts, but there's finally light at the end of the tunnel, which brings us back to the conversation of what they should do with their two-star offensive weapons in Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. This is something Colts fans probably don't want to hear. I would franchise tag Jonathan Taylor. It's there for a reason to benefit teams. I would tag him at least one season and then figure out what you really want to do with him in the development of Anthony Richardson after that. But Michael Pittman Jr., in my mind, is the more deserving candidate for a contract extension because pass catchers are the dominant force in the NFL. And even if he's not a true number one, Michael Pittman Jr. is most definitely a solid weapon for an NFL offense. We'll go through that and more with Derek Schultz of ISC when we come back. On Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
0: All right, a quick break from baseball and soccer. Some racing happened earlier today. The Tennessee Lottery 250 down in Nashville at the Nashville Speedway. For the NASCAR Xfinity Series was on the track, and it was AJ Allmendinger in the number ten Chevrolet, bringing home the win. Right behind him in second was Riley Herbst in number ninety-eight Ford, finishing one and three tenth seconds behind him, and then one and six tenth second behind the lead runner was Sam Mayer in the number one Chevrolet, as well, finishing in third place. Now tomorrow. The Alley 400 for the NASCAR Cup Series race is going to be underway. Ross Chastain and his number one Chevrolet will be on the track in the pole position. Behind him in the Toyota, Tyler Reddick, number 45. And then coming third, Justin Haley, number 31. Starting fourth, Joey Logano, number 22. And William Byron rounds out the top five in the number 24 Chevrolet. In IndyCar, stu- Events getting on for the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio will be taking place in just a couple of days. Practices and qualifications run the 30th through July 1st, then the warm-up and race on on July 2nd. In action, with 50 seconds left to go, the Pittsburgh Maulers have the ball against the Michigan Panthers in the North Division Championship for the USFL. Winner of this game will face either the New Orleans Breakers or the Birmingham Stallions in the USFL championship game. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz.
1: Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Sam Fritz with that scoreboard update. Concav Gold Cup second half just got underway. Jamaica still leads 1-0. Opening game of Group A of the Gold Cup. Plenty of other scores still to get to throughout the evening. Reds winning streak comes to an end after an impressive 12 game stretch there for the cincinnati red legs though an opportunity back in action tomorrow as well all in all though i mentioned this a little bit ago early in the show that the last time i was up to cincinnati for a reds game was just this season it's no secret that I've hit him by any means, and we've talked about it already once on the show of my Yankee fandom, but I went up there for two of three to Great American Ballpark, uh, had a fantastic time, as always, getting a little Skyline Chili, getting a little La Rosa's Pizza. It was it was wonderful, and on top of that, the Yankees were able to take two of three from the Reds. Uh, since then, those teams have gone in complete opposite directions and not the way that i would have liked selfishly to have seen it happen although i'm very happy for the reds that they appear to at the very least be fun again and have a good chance to potentially be buyers at the deadline if this hunt for a central title is for real we'll try to limit the yankees conversation with our next guest but it might be kind of hard to he's one Derek schultz of isc you hear him on there of query and schultz Derek. how are you doing this evening and i'll lead in also with this our sports update man tonight is sam fritz i already gave him a hard time because earlier in the show he mentioned the yankees won one to nothing but he spoke about how i felt which was another miserable viewing experience there even with a win
2: yeah pretty brutal um if i remember (laughs) they took all three from the reds didn't they that was a while. They that did. Like they wound up ago. sweeping. I,
1: I went to two of three, but they did. They did end up sweeping them. Okay. Yes.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you're right. It's the season's a marathon, not a sprint. But certainly, those teams have gone sort of in opposite. You know, today's results aside, I guess uh, have gone in opposite direction since then. But you know, I'm, I'm trying to just remind myself that it's still not even Fourth of July yet, Jimmy, and I, I don't want to overreact. But it, it just feels like. Uh, and, and again, this is Indiana Sports Talk, right? So this is the only thing that I'll say on it. It feels like the Yankees are just kind of caught in this cycle of the last couple of years of being like a 90-ish win, wild card level team, and that's just not where Yankees fans want them to be.
1: No, they don't. And I'll, I'll put a bow on it with this in terms of bringing it full circle. The Yankees, at least over this stretch, feel a lot like the frustration that Pacers fans have had with their team when they were competitive, which is that, They've been good enough to be in the conversation of being in the playoffs, but not good enough to actually contend for anything. That's something you might expect to be labeled on a small market team, not something you would expect for a team with the second highest payroll in baseball. That concludes our Yankees conversation for the evening. (laughs) But speaking of those Pacers, Derek... You and I both were in some capacity covering, following along with Thursday's NBA draft. Jairus Walker, hopefully the final foundational piece of this young core. Uh, Your initial takeaways from Jairus Walker heading to Indiana.
2: Yeah, it's fine because it was expected. Uh, This was the guy that was probably always going to be their guy. Um, The only other name that I saw... From multiple like mock drafts and and multiple times linked to the Pacers was Taylor Hendricks, um, so you know there, there's no surprise that it's Jarius Walker. I, I guess the only surprise is maybe that they got him at eight instead of seven. And I'm, I'm still somebody needs to explain to me again what Washington was doing there because I, I don't. <laughs> I guess I just don't <laughs> get it. I, I, I don't I don't understand why they felt the need to move up one spot. Um, I don't I don't think anyone was was rushing to get ahead of them for their player. Uh, but anyway, I, I think it's fine. He fits perfectly. Uh, he's He provides wing defense, Jimmy, which they desperately need. They, they need somebody that can get out and, and guard on the perimeter, and, and that's Walker's best attribute. He's at the very least a um, – he might be a low-ceiling offensive player, but he's not a no-offense player which, which intrigues me. Um, You know, I don't think he's going to ever going to be like a 20 point per game scorer, but it sounds like at the very least there's a little bit of a foundation to build on there. So I like it. I I, I don't think that he's going to have the potential that like a Ben Matherin has, or certainly a Tyrese Halliburton has, but not everybody can have franchise level potential Uh, for for all things considered in a draft that was kind of very eh to me after the first pick. um, I think the Pacers did pretty well for themselves.
1: Do you think, because I agree with you, that the franchise label or franchise caliber player label is probably too strong with Jarrus Walker. And I understand he hasn't played a minute in the NBA yet, so it's hard NBA to yet. make this distinction. But as you see what this formula looks like with Tyrese Halliburton with Benedict Matherin and now with Jarris Walker would you envision a world where I know the Pacers hope this is the case he could be the third or perhaps fourth best player on a championship team
2: uh maybe I'm, I'm not really banking on that right now um it All of this is still TBD, right, Jimmy? Like you know, there are a lot. There are a lot of guys that. uh, A great example. Look at Andrew Nemhard. Andrew Nemhard was every scouting report about Andrew Nemhard was this guy's ceiling is backup point guard, and you saw after three weeks of watching Andrew Nemhard's rookie year, you were like, wait a minute. This guy's ceiling, I'm not going to make him out to be like the next Isaiah Thomas or something, but his ceiling is obviously much higher than backup point guard. So so these things, these projections can sometimes be wrong and sometimes can change. I, I think what's important is that the Pacers are just starting to stack assets. Uh, and, and that's what you have to do when you're in the mode that they are. Not everybody is going to be a star player, but can this person fit a role and excel in that role. I I think what we're transitioning to in the NBA now is instead of super teams, we're having these teams where everyone has their purpose and their function and you put five good players on the floor at all times. And I I think Jairus Walker absolutely can be one of five good players on the floor that that, the Pacers can put out there.
1: Where's your pulse on Buddy Heald? I know that both teams, the Colts and the Pacers, are in similar pathways for difficult decisions they're going to have to make on players in contract years. We'll get to the Colts side of things in segment two. But With Buddy Heald, I understand the importance that he is being the best shooter on this team and really making things flow cleanly offensively. But with where he is at this point in his career – he has the Miles Turner treatment right now. He's going to get the trade rumor label at every deadline. This year in particular, while balancing the development of this young core, where do you envision the priority
2: being for Buddy Hill at this front office? Yeah, He's a fabulous teammate, too, which I think sometimes people leave out. Uh, he's, he's beloved in the locker room, and, and I've been told by multiple people that he, he was part of the reason why last year's team gelled so well. Um, but he's 30, and he's on an expiring deal. You know, Buddy Heald's career timeline does not meet the Pacers' timeline right now. I, I think that's really the bottom line. By the time the Pacers are ready to contend, even if you're extending Buddy Heald, he'll be 32 years old. Um, so that's that's a problem uh, for them. So uh, you can't conjure up trades out of thin air, but the Pacers, you know, th- this thought that any fan should say, well, you have to keep Buddy. No, you don't have to keep anybody. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's, you have to keep Halliburton. That's about it. But you don't really have to keep anybody. Uh, so if the Pacers sniff around and find something that they like, I, I think Heald is expendable. And, and Jimmy, I'm, I'm convinced this roster is not going to look the same in three weeks as it does right now. This roster doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And and I, I still think that some trades are coming and, and Heald could be involved in those.
1: About a minute, maybe a minute and 20 here. I know that's it's tough in terms of elaboration, but I kind of agree with you. I want to see if you're in the same wavelength on that. Not just healed, but there's a lot of this roster, particularly with how heavy they are at guard, where I could see a mini transformation by the time we get into the real meat of training camp here in a couple months.
2: Yeah, no way they keep McConnell, Nemhard, Duarte. No way. Um, somebody, somebody's going to go. Um, I, I think probably between McConnell and Duarte would be that group, and then possibly healed, possibly Isaiah Jackson if he's a pot sweetener for a deal. Um, possibly one of these rookies. You know, I don't think it would be Jarvis Walker, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not shut off to that idea either. So I, I do think that they're going to have to free up the logjam, Jimmy. That's, it's a good problem to have. They have a lot of good, talented players right now, but um, they, they can't possibly roster all of these guys.
1: You got time for another segment real quick? Absolutely. We'll have more with Derek Schultz after this. We'll go Colts with him when we return. On Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
0: All right. Another baseball game in the books and one game, I think, as you all know, still going on. The Washington Nationals and San Diego Padres wrapped up. In San Diego, the Nationals were victorious two to nothing in a game that was a bit of a snooze. No scores outside of the third inning, one in the first, one in the third, and that's all she wrote for the Nationals and Padres games. Now, if you're in Colorado, you're certainly being treated to a much different game. The Angels, inch closer. To history. They scored one more run in the top of the sixth, nothing. top of the seventh Angels back at bat. Two more runs, and they will tie for 15th overall and highest score by a team in a single game. College Baseball World Series, the LSU Tigers beat the Florida Gators 4-2-3. They have a one nothing lead in the Men's College World Series championship off a walk-off home run in the 11th Soccer. The CONCACAF Gold Cup is back on the field. 64 minutes played. The United States still trailed Jamaica 1-2-0 in Chicago, Illinois on Soldier Field. USL action couple of games still on the field. Oakland Roots FC and Phoenix Rising FC still tied at 66 minutes played, 0-0. Monterey Bay took the lead over Miami FC, 68 minutes played there. Monterey Bay leading 1-0. And Sacramento Republic is on the board with one goal to San Antonio's none. 25 minutes played there as well. You've got me one more time in 15 minutes. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz.
1: Welcome back for Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I am Jimmy Cook. Filling in for the coach, Bob Lovell. You can follow me on Twitter at TheJCook. You can follow our current guest, Derek Schultz, at Schultz975. Uh, Random question. A lot of people didn't want to change the handles back when Twitter was, you know, a normal place uh, because you'd lose verification, if it ever was that. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, Now that that threat is gone, do you think you'll ever change the
2: handle? You know what, man? My problem is, is that at Derek Schultz, at Derek underscore Schultz and at Schultz, Derek are all taken. And it, it's almost like, you know what? Like the, the, So quick backstory, 97.5 was the old 1260 AM was also on an FM repeater, which was 97.5. So I changed it. It was Schultz 1260, the old station I worked for. And we were all about the FM. So I changed it to 97.5. So I changed it. And then three years later, we dropped the FM. So it goes back to just 1260. <laughs> and I didn't want to change it back because I wanted to hold on to my blue check. And then, of course, you know, Jake and I, the show ends and, and whatever else. And I'm like, well, I don't want to lose the verification because I'll never get verified again because I'm not important anymore. And uh, now <laughs> I, I, I think I'm just going to roll it with Jimmy. You know, I, I thought maybe Schultz 317, you know, because we're not leaving Indy. But sure. I, I, that's not taken. So um, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna. It's a great question. I, I think I'm just gonna roll with it for now. The 975.
1: I understand. I have to proceed carefully here because they are your employer, and you do a wonderful job. But if hypothetically somebody that I cared about was to put, you know, their name and then Purdue. That followed it on a handle, I might be a little frustrated. But again, not saying you. I'm just saying somebody that was to do that with their potential Twitter
2: handle. You know, I almost didn't put Purdue in my bio just because I was like, I, I don't know if the university wants my my dumb tweets to be linked to them. You know what I mean? So right. Uh, I gotta, I got yeah, I gotta tread lightly, I guess, with that. No, they they've been they've been super cool and supportive about it. But I, I hear you. Uh, we actually just ordered a a youth small shirt Purdue shirt for my son I did and my wife opened up the package today because it got delivered before I got home and she was not a happy camper. <laughs>
1: man I, I i that would have been one of those where if i was your wife I, was like, ah, I got lost in the mail i don't know i don't know what happened there uh derek schultz and i spent some time with us here on indiana sports talk well, let's shift our conversation to the colts we've already dissected a little bit of the pacers but in the similar form of them being on not identical but similar wavelengths of where they are in not being a contender trying to rebuild things up i'd argue the pacers are at least in their minds a step ahead of where the colts want to be but they have similar tough decisions to make with players on contract years let's start with the jonathan taylor of it all Derek. i don't know directly where you stand with it but mine has always been it's not a running back league anymore if they are in a system where they can excel they're almost a dime a dozen nowadays all that said he's one of the best running backs in the league what do you do with him if you're running the Colts?
2: Yeah, you know, he's only 24, so that makes this conversation easier. If Jonathan Taylor was 26 or 27, then it'd be a much more difficult one. Um, I think, for all intents and purposes, Jonathan Taylor's going to be back. Uh, I would love for it to be a three-year deal. Um, if it's a yes. fourth, uh, okay, fine, I, I guess I can get you around that. Anything more than that is a problem. You know, this talk about well, Jonathan Taylor wants to retire a cult. Yeah, well, if Jonathan Taylor wants to retire at 28 years old, then that's great. Let's let's get him <laughs> to retire a cult. That's wonderful. <laughs> Sweet. sign me up. Um, I, I agree with you, man. Um, it's it's it, the, the the comparison that I made. The analogy that I made is that you know, if you buy a house, it'd be great to have a pool. I, I don't need a pool though. What I need is I, I need a shower. Um, I need uh, a third bedroom. Um, I don't need the pool, and the running back is the pool. The elite wide receiver is the shower. Oh, actually, the quarterback's probably the shower. Maybe the quarterback the kitchen. Maybe that's how I did it. <laughs> See, I told you it was a bad analogy, but you, you kind of get where I'm going here. It is, I get what you're saying. It's a nice-to-have category. I mean, think about it, man. Like, Think about all of the great pass rushers and wide receivers that have just played, not one just played in a Super Bowl in the last 10 years, and now think of the running backs. You know, name one great running back that has played in a Super Bowl in the last 10 years. It's, it's difficult to do. You have to, like, wrap your brain. Uh, so he's going to be back. Um, they're, they're going to sign him to an extension. I, I am convinced of that. But if we start creeping into the four years and, and anything beyond that, then that's where I get a little bit worried about it because it's very unlikely that Jonathan Taylor would be a high-level player for all four years of that deal
1: well two things with that the stat you can feel free to steal whenever you'd like uh of the last 14 super bowl winners the leading rusher has made no more than two and a half million dollars just doesn't happen <laughs> yeah, there's not a large yeah, amount crazy. of money towards the cap towards that position anymore it's just not i will say when when i look at that angle of money versus years i agree with you Years is the biggest thing for me because yes, he's 24 years old right now, but if you go outside of three years and it is a Jonathan Taylor, I want to reset the market or I want extreme amounts of money, he might be capped because he's not a pass catcher, but he'll still, and his agent will still try to get him the most dollars he can. Derek, he's 24 now, but you know as well as anybody, if that's a five-year deal, like Dalvin Cook's only 27, and he just got shown the door in Minnesota. Like, uh, <laughs> Saquon Barkley is fighting a tag Le'Veon Bell style right now, and he's still very, very young, even though he had, he's had some injury baggage. The longer that deal is, the more the Colts really have to think about how they negotiate with him and remember that they have the tag at their disposal if contracts break down.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I'd rather pay him eighteen million for three years than pay him, yes. uh, you know, thirteen million for uh, four. Um, honestly, because to me, it's all about it's all about the money. I don't care about the money; I care about the years. Um, yes. And then when you get to Pittman Junior, what, what I worry about there is that are you going to pay him to be a number one when he's when he's in in between a one and a two? Because that's where I think Pittman is. I think Pittman's going to have a very good career and be a, a, an insanely productive player. I don't think Michael Pittman Jr. is ever going to be a elite, keep you up at night level wide receiver. Um, and and that's what you need. Um, I, I think he's a nice compliment to somebody else. And that's what I worry about with him. So I, I think that, that time and, and wide receivers as well, Jimmy, as we've seen you, you draft these guys and they come in and they produce right away. That's wide receiver in a way has become a replaceable position. Maybe not the cream of the crop guys, but, um, an, an important position, a much more important position than running back, but still a, 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 a position that you can replace.
1: I would, and I'm interested in your thoughts as well. Derek Schultz, nice to spend some time with us of ISC. You can catch him on query and Schultz on ISC sports network. I would rather overpay for Michael Pittman jr. As a number two, even under the understanding that I'm going to have to find a real number one wide receiver for Anthony Richardson at some point, before I overpaid for Jonathan Taylor. Now, some of that is philosophical in the style of football that I like to see played, but I would almost rather spend more money, even if I knew Michael Pittman Jr. was never going to be a number 1,
2: than I would Jonathan Taylor. I think you can argue that. Um, and I think we align philosophically. I, I don't know if I'm that black and white with it. Because um, I just think, you know, I, running backs, yes, all these things that we have just said in our conversation, I, you and I agree with, but I, I think Taylor is several magnitudes better at his position than Pittman. Yes. Uh, sure. You know what I mean? So that that's kind of where I, I – and it's 24. Like I said, if he's 27, 28, then yes, that's a, that's a different conversation. Um, even if he was 26, I, I, it'd be kind of a different conversation. But, again, this is um, – It's tough for the Colts here because they've invested so much money in Quentin Nelson and Shaquille Leonard and and some of these other guys. And I guess that's a good problem to have, right? You have all of these good players, but when you're paying non-premium positions a lot of money, then when you start rolling around to wide receiver and a premium position and bringing somebody back, it's keeping you up at night.
1: Derek, under a minute as you look forward, I'll give us one more Uh, Actually, no, it's less than 30 seconds. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not going to be able to get out of here. So I will say this. I hope that we see more offensive production from our favorite baseball team uh, before it gets too close for comfort, my friend.
2: Just need IKF to go on a tear here. Make that all-star push. (laughs) That's all we need. Get
1: out of here. Have a great rest of your weekend. See
2: you, (laughs) That's Derek Schultz.
1: We'll have a conversation with Brendan King, some minor league baseball action we come back after a scoreboard update with Sam Fritz on IST.
0: Alright, let's work backwards for my final update from basketball, from football to soccer to baseball. The Pittsburgh Maulers are decidedly the North Division champions of the USFL. They defeated the Michigan Panthers 31-27 completing the comeback with 50 seconds left to play. They will go on to face whoever is the Southern Division champion in the New Orleans Breakers or the Birmingham Stallions. Moving on to USL soccer team still in action. Oakland Roots and Phoenix Rising are tied 0 0 with 80 minutes played. Monterey Bay up over Miami FC 1-0, 82 minutes played in that game. And Sacramento Republic tacked on another goal. They're now leading 2-0 over San Antonio FC with 39 minutes played in that one. The Concacaf Cup, 79th minute on the field. The United States is trailing Jamaica 1-0 still on Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois. Baseball you're going to hear a little bit of talk about this coming up but the South Bend Cubs were victorious over the Fort Wayne Tin Caps 4-2-1 And finally, top of the 8th inning, the Angels inch closer to history as the Colorado Rockies hope to inch closer to the door. 24 runs for the Los Angeles Angels to the Rockies. None. It's the top of the 8th. Angels are up to bat. And speaking of history, not only do the Angels only need two more runs to tie for 15th in most runs in a single game, but they only need two more hits to tie most hits by a team in a single game. Stay tuned to that game, see how it all pans out. But for me, that's it. I'm Sam Fritz for Network Indiana Sports.
1: We're officially in the end game on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. There's a couple segments left to go, including what we're most looking forward to the rest of the sports weekend know what mine will probably be how about a goal from the united states my goodness jamaica still leads one to nil in the 81st minute of that concave gold cup group a match let's get away from frustrating topics and instead look to happier thoughts he joined us last night he's good on his word he joins us once again it's the voice of the south bend cubs brendan king bk how we doing uh Doing great, Jimmy, after a big South Bend victory,
3: 4-1 over the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. And uh, it's a significant win, Jimmy, even though it's only June the 24th because it's our first win of the second half, as we talked about last night. Uh, you know, playoff positioning is on the line here until September. So a massive win for sure, and it gives an opportunity tomorrow in the series finale uh, to come away with at least a series split. So that would be handy against a very good Fort Wayne team.
1: Here's your random, I want to know more about minor league baseball educational question of the evening. Because we had Howard Kelman mm-hmm. on earlier, and, and I, I had gotten the, cl- the class is in general confused obviously i knew that the indians were AAA, but mm-hmm. they at that level are now instituting the second half thing and this is the first year they're doing that but he had mentioned that that's not going to start for them until the middle of next week does that impact at all the flows of the minor league system or is it just business as usual they're just on their own calendars mm-hmm. in terms of the way the halves are divided
3: no, I don't think it actually harms anybody, Jimmy. I think it actually helps, depending on the level that you're at, because, for example, last year we won the Midwest League Championship, and AA Tennessee, who, of course, is the Cubs affiliate down in Knoxville, they were still playing. So they went to the championship as well after we won the title. So, you know, they're playing some major games. So the Cubs actually sent some of our pieces, the guys that literally won a title with us, pop in champagne one day, And then they fly out to Tennessee, and they're playing in more championship ballgames. So in a way, Jimmy, I'd spin that and say it can actually help an organization if they want to give guys an opportunity to get more ABs or innings, depending on the level.
1: He's Brennan King, voice of the South Bend Cubs. Winners over the 4th wing 10 caps, 4-1 today. Back in action tomorrow night as well. Tomorrow afternoon, I beg your pardon, as (laughs) well. Uh, BK, I know you were excited about that London lead-in postgame style. Mm. What did you take away from the Cubs thrashing of the St. Louis Cardinals across the pond? Oh man, I mean a lot of smiles for sure, Jimmy. Because we made the announcement in stadium like
3: pregame that the Cubs just rolled over the Cardinals like that, and obviously that brought a cheer to every Cubs fan's face. And um, but I I think the big story, Jimmy, is what Justin Steele did today. Um, You know, Justin Steele has been in the organization for a long time. He was a South Bend Cub way back in 2016 as a 19-year-old. He was a high school draft pick, Jimmy, of the Cubs. And you know, I heard I have heard for years and years that the Cubs can't develop pitching. Cubs can't develop pitching well guess who just went out there on national tv today <laughs> and just laid one on the cardinals a guy that the cubs developed on the mound and you know justin Steele, jimmy he's become one of the best lefties in all of baseball i'm happy for him uh and then more of our guys performed well too chris morrell had three hits ian happ uh he had two home runs went two for five with a couple ribbies so uh former south bend cubs jimmy across the board were terrific today and hopefully marcus stroming could do the same thing
1: tomorrow he is Brennan King. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sports. the voice of the South Bend Cubs. Again, they're victorious today, 4-1, to back in action tomorrow, 2.05 p.m. Eastern. BK, since I won't get to see you between now and then, obviously, we've got about 30 seconds here. But I wish you an early happy 4th of July, and I'm happy to know you'll be spending that, in theory, so I assuming mean, you're on the call in South Bend.
2: Yeah,
3: Jimmy, we'll actually be in good old Beloit, Wisconsin. So we'll take a trip a little north, and uh, we'll call some ball. Can't
1: wait. Love you, man. Thank you. Enjoyed all, BK. Love you too, my friend. That is Brennan King, and you can follow him on Twitter at BKing Sports. The big boys, the Cubs, take care of business today. Across the pond in London, victorious over the Cardinals, 9 1. And then the South Bend Cubs, victorious today as well, 4 1 over the Fort Wayne 10 caps. We'll close out another edition of Indiana Sports Talk when we return. Keep it right here on IST. Final time here on Network. Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. We have a goal! United States men's national team with the equalizer in the 86th minute. Now tied at one apiece with Jamaica and Group A of the CONCACAF. Gold Cup matched a one of three in the Gold Cup standings. So again, just something to keep an eye on as things continue to roll around with the Gold Cup that will finish up rather quickly, in fact as they roll through things between now and ultimately the final on July 16th. Of course, the Women's World Cup to take place at the end of the month in July, on July 20th. So we'll track that on IST as well. But it's now time for my favorite part of the evening, an opportunity to look ahead to a Sunday of still thrilling sports affair. What are we most looking forward to the rest of the sports weekend? We'll start first with Sam Fritz, who did a great job all night long as our sports update man. Sam, what are you tracking? What are you most looking forward to for a Sunday in the sports world?
0: You know, I suppose a bit of a surprise answer, but I actually will be paying close attention to the USFL, uh, the Birmingham Stallions, new Orleans Breakers game going on tomorrow. My girlfriend, very fortunately enough, her father is actually the defensive line coach for the Birmingham Stallions, and oh, wow. so uh, as much as i pride myself on being an unbiased reporter uh, i've got some stake in the game tomorrow
1: hey that's that's quite all right we're all allowed to have our fandom every now and again speaking of which speaking of fandom nathaniel where are you most looking forward to your action tomorrow i already know the answer nathaniel finch is with us here producer extraordinaire it was updates extraordinaire last night you got a pretty big opportunity tomorrow do you not
0: yeah, I'm going to be hopping in the car around 10 a.m. and driving to good old great American ballpark, watch my two favorite teams in action.
1: Okay, quick question for you. And you are, I feel, look, I'm, I'm 28, so I'm not the person to say, oh, you know, you're younger than me. But I say this because I did not know this, and this came from an older Reds fan. Are you familiar with the the concession stand item a Sky Rosa?
0: I've heard of it. Can't tell you what it is, though.
1: Okay, so it's not something you can buy straight up, but apparently you go get a Skyline Chili Chili Dog, you get a slice of la Rosa's pizza and you combine the two into one messy deliciousness type uh, event uh, i did not get one combined i had them separately but uh I- i've talked to reds fans probably this is a thing so if you're feeling dangerous tomorrow you can go ahead and get that get a skyline chili dog get yourself a uh, la Rosa's pizza combine the two and-, and off you go
0: sounds like a terrible way to mess <laughs> up a great slice of pizza <laughs>
1: it does and it sounds like a terrible way potentially as well to ruin a jersey if you're not very careful well hey i know we joked about it yesterday but enjoy the atmosphere at great american great time to be a reds fan right now i know you wanted the win streak to be there but hey go up there start a new one enjoy it
0: Sounds good to me. Should be a great game.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you to both of you gentlemen. A wonderful job working with you all night long here on Indiana Sports Talk. And it's been a treat for myself to be able to be with you the last two nights for Indiana Sports Talk. My summer's not done just yet. I'll be back next week as well. Just Friday night for me, though, in the big chair for the coach, Bob Lovell. Special thanks to Peter Hood, Kevin Bowen, Derek Schultz, Brendan King, Howard Kelman, Greg Rakestraw. Nathaniel Finch and Sam Fritz. Thanks for joining me. I'm Jimmy Cook in the legendary history-making Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.